you know, just having those, um, those realizations where it's like, you deserve to be here. And I feel like it is that reassurance that you have to get, you know, give to yourself, but also it's the people who are around you as well. Like you need that community to tell you like, you are working just as hard as anyone else. You're listening to CWC Talks, a podcast from the University of Florida Counseling and Wellness Center. In each episode, we discuss mental health topics related to the experience of being a student and share the struggles and joys of taking care of your mental health while in college. Please note, CWC Talks is not a substitute for counseling and may be sensitive for people who have experienced trauma. All guests' views are their own and do not speak for the CWC, the University of Florida, or the mental health profession as a whole. Hi, everyone. This is Chelsea with the CWC Talks podcast, and today I'm joined by Aaron Rice and a number of different grad students today. We'll be talking about grad students, um, concerns with grad students, and different mental health issues or concerns that come up with being a grad student. Um, So if you all want to just introduce yourselves and just share a little bit about you and what brings you to the podcast today. Hi, I guess I'll go ahead and get started. Um, my name is Erin Rice. I work um, in the graduate school here at the University of Florida in the Office of Graduate Diversity Initiatives. And I'm really excited to be here today because in my role as the assistant director um, in the Office of Graduate Diversity Initiatives, I work a lot with our graduate students. And so it's really nice to be a part of a podcast uh, focusing on, on them and some of the issues and concerns Um, the ups and downs that they have in ways in which we can improve also the grad student experience. So super, super excited to be here today. And I'll go ahead and let our students introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. I am Reba Liddy. I am a grad student. I'm getting my master's in public relations. I actually pursued my undergrad at UF um, as well. So I'm about to be a triple gator. I double majored in psychology and public relations. And I'm back at it again. My name is Jacqueline Ayenje. I am a doctoral candidate in the Department of Agricultural Education and Communication. Uh, I am a first-generation student. I got my undergrad in California at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, stayed for my master's, which was amazing, and then got the incredible opportunity to move out here to Florida for my PhD. All right. I'm Jamie Harsell. And I'm a doctoral candidate as well, defended by qualifying exams when my infant was three months old. So I also went through part of my doctorate um, as a a pregnant woman in COVID, which was a really challenging time for me. But um, I also got married during graduate school. So I'm a part-time student. So I offer a little bit of a different lens. I definitely feel like the turtle in the race as I'm I'm probably year five of my doctorate, but we're getting it done slowly but surely. So I'm excited to share and hear from everybody else in the podcast too. Mental health is really near and dear to my heart and really important to think about with graduate students, um, particularly in times like these when things in the world can feel a little bit heavy and and trying to balance all these different conflicting pieces of our lives. So I think it's really nice to have these types of conversations. And it was something I wish I would have heard about more when I would have started my PhD, because there's a lot of things I didn't really consider 
that would be factors that would impact um, my student life as much as they are now. So. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm so glad to have you all here and hear from, you know, several different voices today, because I think being a grad student, there's so there's not one way a grad student can look like you can be getting a master's, a PhD, you can, you know, be juggling so many different kind of life stressors and different phases of life, too. Um, I'm wondering if anyone can share a little bit about just what for you, what it feels what it means to be a grad student and how graduate student life or the graduate student experience can kind of differ from being an undergrad. I think this question is, it's kind of timely for me. I was just talking with a peer about this the other day, especially with all the new students on campus, right? A fresh new wave of undergrads. Um, In undergrad, it can feel like if you go, like for me, I went out a very traditional time, like straight out of high school, straight into undergrad, and you can somewhat dedicate a large portion of your life to school. I was working through it, right? But it just seems like in grad school, there are tends to be so many additional factors. Like I can't dedicate as large of a portion of my life to just being invested in schoolwork. You have like, once again, marriage, babies, other commitments, other stressors, other responsibilities. There's just so much, there's a lot less of my mental space and physical like time that I can dedicate to my studies, which is almost ironic because you're expected, you know, you're in such a rigorous point of your academic career. And I want to piggyback Um, I definitely agree. Coming into undergrad, we were discovering ourselves as adults, but we were kind of playing adult um, versus, you know, being a master's student or a graduate student. And you're full on into adulthood where you're working full time, you're trying to balance out your full time job and either part time or full time in school. Um, And you see that your priorities kind of rearrange itself where before you're dedicated to being part of clubs in undergrad you know, finding your tribe and your friends. In graduate school, you're like, hey, I need my advisors. I would love to communicate, but it's really with my group of people for now. And, you know, you have that community kind of already established for you with grad school. I would also echo that too. Um, What I've enjoyed the most about graduate school is the cohort of individuals I've went through my program with. because I feel like there's a lot of empathy between us when we're all going through the same thing. I always joke around, um, whether it's November, April, like hug a graduate student because we're in it real deep. Um, so I've enjoyed that aspect. I also enjoy being able to um, have richer conversations that I did in undergrad and also being able to connect to the faculty in a deeper way, I felt like with the smaller class sizes. But I think there is a bit of that identity shift that happens as a graduate student too, uh, when you're becoming more of like a subject matter expert and you're learning all of these things, getting deeper in your field and and clarifying at times what you want to do and with the knowledge that you're gaining Um, so it really helps with your professional identity. I feel like a lot more than my undergrad did, at least in my experience too. So I I think that's important to, to think about too, as you're kind of shifting and going through your program. Yeah. I I hear like just being a grad student, you have a lot more confidence in your professional identity and that kind of, you know, it grows over time and having that kind of group of 
people that are kind of going through that same experience with you and are all there for the same reason. Whereas undergrad, you might be taking a lot of different random classes. You're, you know, typically still more in a, an exploratory stage. What are some of the bigger stressors you all have experienced or kind of seen with your peers as a grad that might be unique to being a grad student? I think it's really that work-life balance. Um, as Jamie was talking about, you know, we have full-on lives outside of grad school where, you know, if you want to, for me, I'm just getting my master's. I'm not doing a dissertation or anything, but once you have to like, you know, jump into that and really focus on your research and your work, you have to figure out how to balance it out and to, you know, figure out those nuances and everything. Uh, I Two thoughts came to mind. First is, I know we just talked about kind of this identity shift, and but kind of immersing ourselves in our professional identity, but at the same time, imposter syndrome. I don't know about y'all, but everyone I talk to, it's imposter syndrome. It's like the more you know, the less you know. The more you know, the more you question yourself whether you're qualified is the first stressor. And the second is something I talked with some of our new students because UF, we have a lot of like international students. At least I've met a lot of first generation students, right? And it's the question of, we don't even know like who to go to for information, right? Like we don't have our parents to ask or a close family like in the area that's been through this before and can give us the resources. It's like, I don't even know like what questions need to be asked or who I can take them to sometimes. Yeah, I, I would echo imposter syndrome too. Like as you know, you grow and you develop with your professional identity. I went through this pretty significantly, like recently, like, hey, it's my first semester working on my dissertation. I'm now out of this, like, I felt like a cocoon working really closely with faculty members and, and my cohort mates. And now this is like my first semester working on my dissertation. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am not qualified enough to be writing this. I had like this whole moment. And luckily, um, I adore my faculty advisor and they've been such a great mentor to me. But I literally emailed him. I'm like, there is no way I can contribute to this body of research. All these folks with amazing data, amazing like experience. I'm like, I have nothing to contribute. What am I doing here? Um, so, you know, even though I've, I'm firm in knowing what I want to do with my career, I just, I, I was in tears. Like I was really upset. Like every research article I was reading, I'm like, I got nothing to add to these folks, these people that have you know, done great and amazing things. So it's a really challenging time and it can feel a little bit lonely too, as you're getting into that research or, or figuring those pieces out, particularly with COVID because it, it completely shifted the way, like, you know, we'd have like writing groups on Saturdays and, you know, those things kind of stop. So, you know, finding that community when, when the class stops too, or even just outside folks not really knowing what you're doing. Like my mom has what I'm researching on a post-it note in her wallet because I'm also a first-gen student. She has no idea what I'm doing. My parents know I work at a university and I'm, I'm doing research, but nobody even really in my circle of family, nobody really knows what research does. Like, okay, like you do some statistics, that's about it, you know, so... And trying to have empathy, I feel like with other people, they're like, oh, you're, you're doing that, but they don't necessarily know like how much energy it, it takes, you know, unless you're also doing it. 
And also, Reba, I want to kick back to saying something that you you said you're saying I'm just doing a master's I'm like oh no that you (laughs) no let's reframe that because doing a master's degree is just as I feel like you blink and you're done right and you're like what did I just go through and then you're you know so you're even in it further with I feel like a, a shorter timetable like we're as doc students I feel like sometimes we can draw it out as much as we want but you're like two years you're out that's true I do have to think of it like that you know I'm grinding right now trying to get it out (laughs) (laughs) yeah how do you all deal with imposter syndrome I know I I hear that so much and you know sometimes the more successful we are like the more pronounced it becomes. And it's very common with high achieving people to experience. So I'm curious if any of you can speak to ways that you've dealt with that or managed it or, you know, any, anything that's helped. I, I'm going to say my opinion and I don't, I shouldn't need to put this qualifying statement in the beginning, (laughs) but I'm going to put this qualifying statement and say, this is just how I look at it. The first thing that helps, it helps a little bit knowing that other people are going through it, right? It helps normalize it a little bit. So I know it's not just my brain being overactive or me just being just, just overthinking things. It's, it's a very common thing. I think it has to do a little bit with confidence. I think imposter syndrome is directly related to confidence. Um, and something with like, they called it comparisonitis. I was listening to like a podcast and it's, you know, like we're like raised, like at least like we're programmed to compare everything, like our, our clothes, our bodies, our hair, our amount of education, our work experience, like it's all of this comparison. So if you just remove the comparison and to do that, like find something that like kind of grounds you of like, okay, like I don't feel super confident in my research methods or like my ability to do quantitative research, but I work really hard. I have a really strong work ethic or I'm a really kind teammate, a really supportive something like whatever the thing that you can genuinely say that you feel good at or appreciate about yourself. Like, even if it's kind of, it might seem small in the grand scheme, it's just something to go back to and be like, I don't have to be fantastic at everything. I don't need to compare to people. The only person comparing me is me and I'm great at X, Y, Z. That's great. I, I also do the thing where, where you mentioned like, where you just work extra hard. So I know my work ethic. <laughs> That's the thing. So um, being a black woman coming from a black high school and everything, I had to come to a predominantly white institution. So I already felt like the pressure was on where I have to prove myself and make sure that they know I wasn't here because of, you know, they had to fulfill some type of like statistic or anything for me to get here. So because I picked up double majoring, especially in my undergrad, I had that notion where I was like, one thing I know I'll do is I will outwork anyone who comes against me. And I think that's been my coping mechanism for it, which is probably not the best or healthiest. But I would do the thing where I'm like, I deserve to be here because I know how hard I work. And I know what workload I'm taking on. And, and I would kind of compare myself to my classmates where I would see people like, partying and all that stuff. But I'm like, I'm not partying. I'm studying on a Friday night. And, you know, just having those, um, those realizations where it's like, you deserve to be here. And I feel like it is that reassurance that you have to get, you know, give to yourself, but also it's the people who are around you as well. Like you need that community to tell you, like, you are working just as hard as anyone else. 
you are just as qualified. And as much as we, you know, reassure ourselves, we just do it with our community and vice versa. Like I have a whole community around me saying like, girl, you got this. And I think that's the biggest thing is that they are there putting the battery in my back, even when I feel like I can't do it myself. I, I agree with um, what everyone is saying too. I think for me at the phase that I was going in through it the most of, you know, starting out with like writing and doing my chapter two, I'm comparing my first drafts to everyone else's like published, you know, went through peer review, went through multiple conferences and all of, and those things. So I'm comparing my rough draft to final products that have taken years in the making. And also just having the, a really good support system has been really helpful. Like, um, my advisor gave me this really great piece of advice. He's like, your faculty members literally, or your committee members will literally not let you turn in anything that's trash. (laughs) We let you get to this point because you deserve to be here. Your writing product is, you know, phenomenal, but at UF trash isn't going to go anywhere. So don't worry about it. It's a rough draft. There's all these processes, Um, And then just to like reach out for help, I think, and kind of disarming imposter syndrome by saying that you have it and and talking about it with folks. I I realize almost everyone in my program has it when we've we've talked about it Um, in particular, you know, being first gen. I think that's really impacted that because it's like I you know, we don't have folks that have went through this, you know, before. And I think the culture at UF is very high achieving too. Um, So I think hearing from other folks in other departments too, I know it's really easy to get siloed in your own department and unit, but I think hearing from like incredible people that have, uh, you know, graduated or even just other folks too, that it's, it's common and there's tools and resources to help you. You just have to ask and it's brave to ask for help and it's brave to look for what you need to kind of get you through whatever you're going through. And I think that's a very big point is that we have to continue to like make sure that it's vocalized because I think the issue that we have with imposter syndrome and just having any type of shame or whatever it may be is that we don't speak about it because we're like okay if we just like just keep on trying to go and we don't mention it then we think it's going to go past it. But I feel like by bringing it up and having someone who can support you and be like, no, there's a reason why you're here. We're all feeling it. We're all scared too. We don't know what's going to happen. It's like, it's reassuring. Yeah. I'm hearing like normalizing it, talking about it and reminding yourself of your strengths and what you have done that you deserve to be where you are have been all really helpful things. Um, One thing I wanted to touch back on that um, we were talking about is coming to UF or starting grad school as maybe a first generation student or international student and not really knowing like where to go for help or, um, you know, how to navigate this giant university. I'm wondering if Erin, you could um, speak about any resources or, um, you know, kind of initial places of like, I'm here, I don't know what's going on. What do I do? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
when everyone was talking, I was a lot of things were running through my head with imposter syndrome. And you guys were talking about community resources. And I was just thinking in my head, all of the, you know, resources and um, that we have here in the grad school, um, or in the Office of Graduate Diversity Initiatives, or for our bigger umbrella, the Division of Graduate Student Affairs, are really centered here to help enhance the grad student experience. Um, so when we're looking at students that are just coming to the University of Florida, uh, first generation uh, graduate student, international graduate student, um, we try our best to put our best foot forward in providing resources, like first of all, on new grad student orientation. That's kind of that initial step for our students to provide them with information to kind of orientate them to the university. And at that point in time, um, there are tons of resources that are there and that are available to help introduce students to um, these places that they can go on campus to help them if they you know, need to visit the Counseling and Wellness Center or the Career Connection Center or the Writing Studio, I mean, Student Legal Services. So there's, UF is a huge institution with tons and tons of resources. So sometimes it can be very overwhelming to new students. Um, so we try our best to kind of, you know, put together programming in which students can come, you know, at this time during this year, to, or, you know, this time of year in the fall or spring, you know, orientation and get this information to help them be successful. Um, we also have um, our Board of Education Summer Fellowship Program, and that's a six-week orientation program. So students get an opportunity to learn about all of these resources. And we do with that program, we target like first generation underrepresented students. So they get an opportunity to, you know, start their programs a semester early in the summer. And within those six weeks, they are introduced to resources and different things that can help enhance and of course help acclimate them to Gainesville, to the university, but also help jumpstart their graduate program. And so, you know, providing those type of initiatives, that type of programming to those, you know, that particular targeted group of students is going to be extremely helpful um, when you have students that are not familiar with the area, if they're international, or if they're not familiar with grad education because they're first generation, no one else in their family went to grad school. So this is a new experience. So having these resources and things available is going to be, it's extremely important to making sure that our students are successful. Also to community. Um, so I think community is extremely important. And I think that when you're going through graduate school, you know, sometimes you can become isolated depending on, you know, what you're doing. If you're in the dissertation phase, you may become extremely isolated, you know, writing all the time and you don't have many people around. And one of the things that we encourage is community. Um, and so with an OGDI, we do our best to have certain events each semester, even if it's, you know, in the fall, we'll have an opening, we'll have a closing. Um, but that's an opportunity for our students to come together in you know, a bit of a community style to really talk about you know, how things are going. And at that point in time, what happens is a lot of students will recognize that I'm not the only one. My peers are also going to stick through some of the same things, maybe good or bad, but what they realize is they are not the only one. And they start building that community, which we know is extremely important um, for underrepresented groups, as well as first generation groups when they're going into grad education to really build that community so they have others to kind of fall back on, to be a resource to talk to when they're going through those, you know, good and also tough times. Yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. I know, like the community piece too. like, just being in grad school can be so isolating sometimes, and you can be really stuck in your little silo or your 
your own little group, but it's really helpful to be able to kind of branch out and find ways to make other connections or other communities as well. Yeah. Even just stopping by the office. I mean, I students would just randomly just stop by like, Hey, Aaron, how, you know, just stopping by to give you an update on how things are going. So even those conversations, um, they can be five minutes to two hours. I think just being open and available for that type of communication with our grad students is also extremely important and very helpful to them because it just me it may just be that one conversation that they needed to help them move on with their day. Um, and so I, I realize and I recognize that. So um, I make an effort to make sure our students know that our door is always open. You're welcome, you know, to come in to chat, um, to provide me with updates and you know, we're here, we're available to really, you know, in whatever way we can to help enhance your grad student experience. So you're getting the best out of your time here. I'm curious to hear from you all, like with all of the different stressors and things to balance as a grad student, what are some ways you all have um, taken care of yourself or managed your stress or taken care of your mental health? Um badly. <laughs> so I haven't, this, this is a little, I'm going to be very transparent as we just talked about normalizing and whatnot, but it's not something I talk about a lot, but my, I always identified as someone that, um, coped with stress very well. I was the person that like never stressed out. Well, I started struggling with anxiety to the point of having panic attacks halfway through my second year of grad school which was like, even like right now, I'm like, Ooh, like it's hard. Like, I don't know why it's hard to say, but it is hard Mm -hmm. to say. And so first my answer is badly. So clearly I was, I wasn't, I wasn't coping with it. Right. Like it's really easy as um, we were saying about overworking, right. In grad school, there's almost this, like we glorify overworking ourselves constantly, like pushing our bodies and our minds to the absolute limit because that is what success is in grad school. And I think it takes a second to really, you know, what I do now is like put it in perspective. As we've talked about, our lives are very dynamic now. And honestly, as, as important as my degree is to me, as important as my academic career is to me, it does not have to be the number one priority. Like ever. It might be number three. I'm thinking number three because number one has to be me. Mm-hmm. And number two probably has to be my family. School can maybe be number three. We'll leave it down there. But that, that was the first step is like, you know, it's okay for other people to have school be their number one, Maybe if that's what works working for them or other people to work longer hours than me, but it's just a matter of putting it into that perspective of what's most important. And then when I spent a little bit more time, like taking free time, whatever that looks like to you. And like, I started doing like art and I started doing like dance classes and I like, you know, those were like, you don't miss them. Right. So you just start fueling yourself a little bit more and making those once again, it sounds bad. And I do still feel judged a little bit if I said like, oh, like I'm going to leave work early because I have a pottery class. Um, excuse me. Like that's not allowed, but it is, but it is. So I think taking that like dire importance off of school, mm. which sounds bad, but it has helped. It has helped like reduce the stress related to pretty much all school work in the dynamic. I've recently adopted a mantra that the rules are fake. <laughs> So the constructs are fake. I love that. Um, so like whatever it takes to kind of get you through, because I've been known in my program to be like a bull and I'll just like plow through it. But then becoming a mother and, and balancing that, I was like, 
there is literally a little human that relies on me now and I'm not used to that. So I had like this whole, I, and that was part of why this last spring semester was so rough for me. Uh, reconciling my, my multiple identities as a human being and what all those aspects mean to me as a person. And I realized like, I was trying to push myself as hard as I could research-wise to the point where I wasn't sleeping. My quality of writing was terrible because if you're on like three hours of sleep, you know, multiple days in a row, your writing is not going to make sense anyway. So you might as well sleep. Um, And so I came to like this conclusion, like at the end of the term, not producing what I wanted to produce. I'm like, I'm taking the summer off. And it was really hard to admit. And I was terrified to admit that to my faculty member. And I was terrified to admit that to myself. Because so I'm like, if I'm going to take this break in my program, that's, you know, 16 weeks or 12 weeks or whatever it is that I'm not going to do my proposal in the fall. But what does that mean? And then like, you know, it's, it's already there's this perception that I'm taking so long anyways, being a part-time student. And so I'm like... But then at the end of the day, I'm like, I need this summer to recharge and take care of myself. So I'm like, I I don't want to go down a slippery slope of mental health being somebody that I do. I have a diagnosis with depression and anxiety and I I need to take care of myself. And I recharged over the summer and broke up with what the I thought the rules were. I thought I had to spend every waking moment of my life either at work being a mom, or if I'm not doing those things, I need to write. And before I dealt with it, uh, stressed by like powerlifting and all those things um, and competing. But now it's just like, there needs to be time for going outside. Like that was huge for me. Just taking a walk, making sure like you're showering or taking baths or things that can just allow you to be like disconnect and like making sure like those lush bath bombs are ridiculously overpriced, but highly recommend. Um, and, and taking care of you first, because all those nights that I spent writing till three or four o'clock in the morning, all that was garbage writing anyway. So I should have just gotten some sleep and, and realizing that just a little bit each day, like you can write an hour, you can write 20 minutes it's still forward progress and you're not competing with anybody else. Um, I think that was a big mindset shift that I needed to have. I love that. I am a perfectionist. I have an issue and I'm trying to work better on this, but um, my mantra is celebrate progress, not perfection. So I started grad school during the pandemic because I was overwhelmed already. Life sucked. So I was like, why not add grad school to it? Um, so with adding grad school, um, I was able to connect with the Counseling and Wellness Center. And I was able to have, um, you know, a counselor. So I use that to my best ability because I know I was dealing with depression. I know I was dealing with anxiety, um, not leaving the house really because working from home, you know, so I needed to have someone help me get out of my head about all the issues that I'm dealing with. So with being able to speak to a counselor and also she would recommend doing things that I didn't even think about doing. Like sometimes I would go for walks, but it was like once every couple of days. But then I started making myself go out daily where I was getting that vitamin D because you know what helps out 
And I was just listening to a podcast where they were like, you know, sometimes you have to intentionally, intentionally let the sun in where, you know, you're just going there and you're just allowing the sun to touch your skin to just look and stare outside and just really be still. So I've been trying to stay within the moment and just be like, yeah, I'm stressed out right now, but you know what else? I'm also chilling. So, you know, it's going to be a balance. Like I'm going to force myself um, to focus on self-care. And I actually like created like a group for like black women, especially um, where it was where we can just vent to each other. We can also like connect with each other and just be like, yo, um, if we're here to support, we're also going to encourage self-care. And that's been my thing where it's like, I'm my number one priority because if I'm not okay, then I'm not good for anyone else. And that's just been the thing that we've been saying to each other is that I have to be good because if I'm not sleeping, then nothing else is getting done. So what's happening? I'd love to add, she, you made me think of something of like two quick things of one, that is something I did too. I did go, cause you get like the six, like six free sessions you can get through UF. Like yep. They can help set you up with that little plug for you guys. And the second was we've talked about, right? Like taking time off right? The one thing that I learned that I just thought it was important to include is like, we aren't like our self care isn't on a schedule, just because like school says you get Saturday and Sunday for self care doesn't mean Mm. your body or your mind like work on that schedule. Maybe you need 12 weeks, right? Or maybe it's a Mm. Tuesday. Maybe it's one week, right? Like, so I just I also just want to say like, you know, we're not on a schedule, we can't just say like, Oh, I had the weekend. So I should be recharged. Sometimes you're not. And like, that's just how it works. And that's okay. That was just an epiphany for me just now. (laughs) Like, yeah, you guys drop so much wisdom. Um, You you have to make time for play and you have to make time for rest. And you're right. It's not on a schedule. It's you got to listen to yourself and your body and what you need. And you know, sometimes it like working full time, it feels like, oh, I, I take time off when I'm going and doing this, but no, you can, you can just take a random day in the middle of the week <laughs> and that's okay. Um, I'm wondering if there is any other things you all wanted to leave with before we close up the podcast today, and just in terms of what's something that you would want others to understand about being a grad student or um, any other takeaways you'd want to leave listeners of the podcast with? Well, I'll go ahead and jump in. Um, Though I'm not a grad student, I work at the grad school in the division of grad student affairs. Um, but what I would, um, you know, like to, to say to kind of close out the, the podcast or to also as encouragement to our uh, graduate students is just to know that, you know, we understand like the, what you're, you're going through and the processes that you go through. We understand that there is going to be good times, there are going to be bad times. And I just want students to know that we are here to, to help the best way that we can. We're here to provide the resources to help you enhance, uh, to be the best that you can be um, to what we can provide. And of course, if we don't have it here, we'll make sure that we connect you with the right person to help you. Um, I also want to encourage graduate students to really take care of yourself. As mentioned today, you know, you come first, your well-being mentally and physically should be your number one priority. So taking care of yourself first 
is going to be extremely important in order for you to be successful and for you to reach those that end goal of getting your master's, getting your PhD. Um, so remember that and please take advantage of the many resources that are available to you as a student here on campus. There's so many and sometimes students don't know, right? And they'll come by our office and we'll connect them with, you know, the resource that could help them with whatever they're going through. So really reaching out, if it's reaching out to me, you know, to find out what's available, if it's reaching out to someone in your department, you know, find those people and find community. So I encourage you all to also find community. If you don't have community and you're looking for community, stop by the graduate school, stop by the division of grad student affairs. Um, we'll chat, we'll connect you with a community of people that you can go to and, and or help you create, find clubs, organizations or something. So just know that we're here, you know, to help sometimes, I guess as a grad student too, it may seem like a lot of the things are more centered towards undergraduate students and kind of creating that undergrad experience here at UF. But we want you to know that we are working to also create a grad student experience that's healthy, a grad student experience that's going to help you get to that next level in your personal and professional life. So I'll end with that for me. (laughs) Erin, what you said about community, I think is really important. Um, I'd also add that on and say introverts need community too. I'm an introvert, extreme introvert. um, And my, the work that I do on a daily basis, it it requires a lot of extrovert tendencies, Mm -hmm. but just being able to be around people like, um, and, and folks that are going through similar circumstances and those things, it is important, whether it's grabbing a cup of coffee with somebody or, you know, you know, just have sharing a study room with somebody, you know, and those things and getting out, um, I think the weather is getting a little bit nicer too. So my advice to graduate students would be to structure time for you um, whenever you feel like you need it, because you have to make your program work for you. You don't work for your program. So all of our experiences, we chose them to enhance our professional identity. We don't need to sacrifice our ourself for our program. So I think remembering that using the tools and resources that UF does have and then getting plugged into Gainesville. There's a lot of really cool things that you wouldn't expect in Gainesville that it took me a a long time to really realize and take advantage of Um, and and say yes to some of those opportunities. I think it's really easy to say no when there's something cool around going on because we have a deadline. So if there's times I mentioned earlier, like November and April, like hug a graduate student because we're really going through it in those time periods, you have to pull back. You can't go full steam ahead. That's not sustainable. So creating a sustainable pace for you and working closely with your faculty members because they are there to help you. Um, You just have to know when to ask because no one's a mind reader. I also wanted to... Sorry, just put in Jamie, she mentioned hug a grad student in November and April. So just to also put out there, we um, host grad student appreciation week the first week in April. So I mean, that's our kind of opportunity to show that we appreciate grad students. So we may not be physically giving you a hug in April, but we do have uh, that where we make sure that we are showing our grad students that we are we truly appreciate all of your hard work. 
And I just wanted to piggyback because I know Jamie spoke about taking off time. So I think time is a big factor that we also need to just consider whether you are, you are at your own pace, you are not racing against anyone else. If you feel like you need to take a semester off, it's better to do that than to work through a burnout. It's hard. Um, and I know for myself personally, like I had to lessen my load for summer just so I can balance out and actually have a life. So um, I would say time is always, you know, enjoy your time in grad school. Um, I did not do that in my undergrad. I'm trying to do it now for grad, um, grad school. But I also want to say, take the time you need for yourself always. Oh, last comments. Things to leave people thinking about. I, I wrote on a sticky note. I said, get used to being lost. Um, once you realize that no one knows what they're doing at any point, whether it's in class or in research, that's okay. You'll feel much more comfortable. Uh, set boundaries where you need to and where you can with your time, with your space, with your advisors, with your teachers, with your mentors. Um, boundaries are not a bad thing. They just help you. They, they'll just help. Just trust me. Um, never invalidate yourself. Um, this is partially imposter syndrome, right? We could doubt ourselves till the cows come home, but gosh, you gotta, like, if you gotta be the first person validating yourself if you can, right? Hopefully other people help. And lastly, struggling does not make you less than I'm going to manifest this in the universe. It is true just because you struggle. And maybe if you admit it vocally does not mean you're any less capable, does not mean you're any less smart, does not mean you'll have less success in your career or anything that you aspire to do. And that is that is where I'll leave it. Thank you, everyone. I really enjoyed hearing from all of you and hearing all of your insights and just like really authentically how you're feeling and what your experience has been. Okay. Well, bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find CWC Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found. Please leave us a rating and review us. Email us at cwc-talks at ufl.edu with your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Show notes, resources, and more can be found at counseling.ufl.edu slash cwctalks.